Blog Talk Radio. This is Forbidden America. In-depth interviews, important stories, people changing our world. And now your hosts, Steve McManus and Joseph Peterson. Thanks for tuning in again, folks. Numbers, uh, I used to say this a lot a few months ago. I'm starting to say it again. Uh, our numbers are climbing. Let me give you a quick statistic. Um, with Blog Talk, our host here, they keep a tabulation on our uh, our reach and our amount of traffic. And we have found out that uh, over the last six months, we've had a 600% increase in traffic. That, that doesn't happen in broadcasting. It's, like, impossible. But apparently, we're catching on, and we'd like to thank you guys for that. Uh, 600% increase in six months? Are you kidding me? That's doubling every 30 days. That's great. So we, Yeah, it is great, and we appreciate it. And um, starting to have conversations with other venues that may be making this a bigger deal than it already is. So I'm all for that discussion. Uh, but Joe, how you been? I'm doing well. How about you, Steve? <laughs> uh, I've been filling in lately. I've been doing a little side job uh, in our local community um, with some uh, manual labor and some custodial work at one of the uh, schools in our school system. So uh, I've been keeping busy with that. It reminds me of how old I am. <laughs> oh yes, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear but you. other than My that, my job demands uh, a little physicality too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know. And uh, other than that, though, I've been working on this and uh, and and uh, a couple other things. Right. So, yeah, doing doing fine. So good. Um, but in well, current events this week, we have the one of the weirdest things we're ever going to yes, say let's on the talk air. about. Let's talk about zombies. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The news that I saw this week and that I covered on the site seemed like scenes from a horror movie. If yeah. you piece together these different stories and the horrific things that happened, you would have a scene-by-scene shot of a horror movie, and you, know, you piece them all together. It's, it's, right. That's how wild it was this week. Yeah. So, where do you want to start? Which one do you want to start with? Well, I want to start with now, very briefly, and then backtrack as to what the hell is going on, and then give you a couple of particulars. And we don't want to dominate the entire current events section with this, but it's so bizarre that it's going to take a few minutes. Um, okay. I, you know, we're on the fringe here, you know, and well, not anymore. We're becoming the new mainstream in the same way that. Uh, that uh, John Stewart uh, at Comedy Central on um, the Daily Show has become the new news because he actually right, right. tackles hard. He, he uses humor to tackle hard issues because the news won't touch it, and then they end up following him. Sad commentary right there, but that's just right, the way right, it is. right, right. It's also becoming the way with alternative news and information sources like Before It's News, like Truth Is Scary, like. Intel Hub and all these other ones, including uh, in a, to some degree Forbidden America. We're mostly an interview show, but we touch on right, stuff. right, right, right. And it's we're becoming the people that break the stories that the news doesn't want to touch because their corporate masters don't want them to touch it, and then they end right, up being forced right. to because we won't let it drop, and then people start asking them questions. Well, they're talking about this, so why didn't you cover it? Well, what, one of those things that's happening now is that over the last uh, month and a half, two months, there was a story that broke in our little community of, of uh, news folks about the Army having a new manual and a new set of procedures for the quote-unquote zombie apocalypse. What if that were to happen? What would the Army do? And right, that broke a couple months ago, right. That was online, even printed excerpts from it, right. Exactly, and and what and it was an actual of, manual. That was not an actual manual. Training. Right, it is part of army training for some units, and everybody thought it was a joke. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and I made the comment, "What is you know George Romero uh, have a, a unit in the army well, now?" Well, it sounds like he's writing the news lately. 
Well, yeah, Dawn of the Dead and all that crap. You know, it, it, you laugh about it because it's zombie. Well, yeah. The zombie culture okay. is it's, a, it's an escape thing. People go to the movies because it's crazy. Okay. Well, now come to find out, there's, there's been this rash of articles in the mainstream news about people acting Started crazy. Started though. We broke most of it. And we then, did of break. Of course, most this of it. Miami thing really right. made the mainstream news. Well, the Miami thing was several different incidents in a row, like six of them, all of a sudden in the span of about a week. And it is people Miami. were acting. And it, yeah, it is Miami. And people were acting nuts. One guy attacks another guy. They're both naked. They're both out on the street. And one guy is attacking the one other guy. He's he's either Meeting not fighting back or he's not fighting back enough. And the guy was eating his face. Like an animal, and the police. And they came. got video of it. Apparently, yeah, the surveillance camera him. was right on it. I published shooting it. him. I'm shooting him didn't stop him from doing it. He got shot, and he kept yeah. on doing it. And they finally—I don't know how they ended up dealing with it. You know, had him in the head like a zombie. Like a zombie. So and then there was another the case of a guy. They were called to the scene. They went to the scene a few days later. And there was a guy who had stabbed himself in the abdomen. He was outside, and he was he was essentially in the process of disemboweling himself with his own knife. And they were, didn't know how to approach him, and he started take, cutting off pieces of his innards, throwing them at the police. Out of his mind. I believe that was in New Jersey, Hacking yeah, back or something like that. Yeah. Well, now I find out. Okay, I'm thinking, and I, you remember, you may remember that I said to you in a private conversation, this is a friggin' bunch of hype. They're creating something to be afraid of that's not based in truth or it's misunderstood right. or maybe it's a new drug, a new drug, you know, yeah. So can I throw two more in that I published this week on the site? Absolutely. There was an MMA fighter, right? An MMA fighter yeah. who, who had drank some mushroom tea right? and then believed that his sparring partner had been possessed by the devil. <laughs> so he ripped his heart out, ripped his sparring partner's heart out, and threw it in a fire to burn it. Right. And then proceeded to cut him up and start throwing him in the fire. Apparently someone came in and stopped him. Right. And he said he believed his sparring partner had been possessed by the devil and he needed to die. So there's one case. Then there was another case of a roommate who came home and was found eating his roommate's heart and other organs like his liver or something had killed his roommate. Wow. And uh, all these happen like days within each other. And, and are you trying to tell me that you're you're not thinking it's crazy now? That's well, the, uh, for this? the uh, was it, did he have it with fava beans and a nice Chianti? No, just kidding. Uh, I don't know, man. But what is this <laughs> with people disemboweling and eating themselves? And it's not well, new. Get a load of this. Don't, you know, get Jeffrey a load of Dahmer this. was doing it. A long time ago. Get a load of this. Back back in October, uh, National Geographic did a piece on this virus that's related to rabies, okay? Uh, And it says this new new uh, rabies-related virus rapidly spreading called the RAGE virus. That's what they termed it. It actually has a name, though. Um, And... uh, in Virginia Tech, they developed this virus in one of these government-funded high egghead-type programs. Like you know, they're always they're funding all these program uh, science projects by people to see what they can weaponize, usually. Uh, and they right. funded this, it, and it got out apparently. The damn thing got out. And what does it now, do? What does it do? What does the virus do? Well, the thing about it is, is that it, it makes you. It makes you nuts. It makes you insanely uh, angry out of your mind. And uh, it is called, if I can get to it, it's called, uh, it's called Corexit poisoning from the synth bacterium. All right? So the synth bacterium. Yeah. Is that the same stuff they use in the gall? Yes. Oh. I'm telling you, oh. they were working on a weaponization system for a viral weaponization that they could use to, you know, drop from the air or whatever, 
and just take out a whole bunch of people without having to do any work. And it they mutated it somehow to make it see what different things it could do. Well, it got out. Now, do you okay. think this could have something to do with Corexit that's in the gall? It could. And now they're saying that... Could the virus uh, have developed like that way, maybe? Now, this... This synthetic agent was used to clean up the oil spill. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's That's it's what related I'm to the flesh eating. It's related to the flesh eating bacteria that so it would eat the oil. Okay. Well, right. Where's the gall? Oh dude? my god! Oh my god! It's by Miami. Oh. It's by Miami. Yeah, the gall. Oh. That's what made me think. Oh my god! We got to find out where these other cases were too. So the oh, ship that's man. in the water got into the Miami water supply, and guess what we got? Of course. People, and it got into the seafood. People, it got into everything. And the people that are outside that are not necessarily drinking out of filtered water systems, they're outside, and they're drinking water, and then they're turning into fucking crazy zombies. What if they go swimming in the ocean? Who knows? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, and that's why the army apparently aware of this because this, these are the projects. That's they why fund. they made the manual. That's why they made the manual because they're anticipating. Oh shit! If this goes like we think it might go, that's so maybe you're that's telling the, me. All right, you're telling well, me. Okay, this is what you're when telling. When you look at when you look at all those movie, rounds of ammunition, look at all those rounds of ammunition. Will, what was that Will Smith movie? Uh, I am Legend. Okay. You're telling me that what happened in I Am Legend is right. actually has a possibility of happening in real life, or Dawn of the yes. Dead, any of yes. those zombie movies. Yes. That's what you're telling me. Yes. And that the government actually knows this. Yes. And that's why they bought all those rounds of ammunition. They're not really preparing for a civil war. They are preparing for the zombie apocalypse. That's what you're telling me. Which would also explain camps to either hold those people in or to hold us in to, in a protective area. Oh, my God. If you can oh, make it to a camp, you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Now, this sounds you like know, It makes sense, though. You know how they do predictive programming and all that? And I'm sure Corexit is made by Monsanto or one of those freaking companies that one of those, they own. One of those corporate, yeah, one of those big corporate houses. Of course oh. it is. Well, what, wasn't the last um, the last billionaire bomb shelter uh, safety zone in Kentucky bought today? Oh yeah, I don't know. yeah, the underground. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I saw an advertisement for that. Well, Steve, you need to send me over that article, please, about the bomb. You are soon. For those of you listening, you're soon going to be reading a lot more detail on this at uh, truthisscary.com. Uh, make sure you, if you have to, write it down, truthiscary.com. We don't say truth is scary. Let me reiterate this. We've done this before. We're not doomsayers. Despite the conversation we just had, uh, we're not doomsayers. We tell you what's up so that you're aware of it. You don't have to be afraid because now, because you're aware of it, you can say, well, shit, I'm going to write my senator or I'm going to get out of the local TV station and show them the evidence and say, we need to talk about this because, and then, and you can affect change in the future simply because you're aware of it, and that's our job. Yeah. Don't be that's afraid, be aware. aware. That's it. Don't be afraid, be aware. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, and so, we're all, all of us right, together. So that's we, the zombie. We, that's the zombie thing, and it's real. All right. Well, we need to get that story out there, especially the connection between the correct fit and all that. That to me is very interesting. Yeah. So, and I do believe yeah. in predictive programming, and I do, so who knows? Who right. the heck, this is great. This is, you know, wow. I better get a shot. <laughs> I'm going to get those movies, watch them, so I can pick up some pointers. Right. On how, uh, you know, how, how to go in through this zombie apocalypse. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, right. I'll give you a little hint. I knew it would be interesting. Smaller caliber is better because it's easier to control okay. and it's less. It fatigues you less. You got to hit them in the head. You got to blow their heads off. You got to twenty-two caliber. Yeah, hit them in the headshot. <laughs> got to take their heads off. Anyway, oh my gosh. Um, 
So what else do you want to talk about? What's going on? I know Bilderberg is in the country right now. And, well, they're, and during, they're finally during, getting... During the years that I was um, infiltrating the Birch Society, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, uh, I had there was a period of my life when after I wore a badge and went on to other things, I was a private eye and I was all kinds of things. And during that period, I infiltrated the John Birch Society and you know walked around like I was one of them. And uh, during that period, I, I was made privy to a lot of the stuff that they were trying to tell people about. And one of the things that they kept harping on all the time was the Bilderbergers, the Bilderbergers. And I kept saying, what are you people, you know, to myself. Yeah, I thought that was like a thing? fast food chain, isn't it, Bilderberger? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah go ahead. So, go ahead. And then I thought, well, you know, this, these guys are nuts. These guys are nuts. They, they see, you know, they think that... Uh, you know, and this was, what, the 80s or something, like in the 80s? Yeah, 80s, 90s, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. So they're they're well, way yeah. ahead of their time with it. With that one, they were. I mean, they're crazy on a lot of stuff. But on this particular point, now, as it turns out, they were right on the money. So now we know that a lot of what they were talking about, and groups like them were talking about it, with specifically yeah. that to that issue. Now, don't get me wrong. The reason I went in and, and scoped these guys out from the inside is because I was working on other things that required that I understand that whole mindset of xenophobia and, you know, uh, there's a constant attack on our way of life and we got to hang on to our guns. and You know, yeah, now you find out they were out, right. Now you find out on a lot of things they were right. But, I mean, you know, they were just, they were just uber paranoid about it. They turned you. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway. You um, infiltrated yeah. it, then you got infiltrated by them. Right. So the Bilderbergers are real, it turns out, and these are the people, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, that run the world. Yeah, the mafia. The, they call the global them. mafia. They are the global, global mafia. mafia. Eyes wide shut, those are the dudes. Yeah. Yes. And they, they make all the decisions. And they go back, and some of them are members of the Electoral College here in the United States, and yeah. they are the people that are on the other end of the phone. They call you up if they want to call Barack Obama up directly. They do. They have that capability, and they can say, okay, here's how this is going to go. Let me fill you in, and then that's how it goes. Rockefeller is a big part of it, David Rockefeller and George Soros. Yeah. yeah. The big new Brzezinski, all these and then there's all kinds of industry people, you know, corporate, um, every banking, corporate, the whole thing. The 1%, the 1% of the 1% meets here for Bilderberg. And this year well, do you know where, in the U.S. Do you know where most of them Virginia. have their summer home? Most of where them have a summer home on uh, Mount Desert Island in Maine, which is uh, Mont Desert, which is the mountain desert mountains, Mount, right. De Mount Desert Island, uh, which is... South of Bar, well, Bar Harbor's on the island. Right. South of Trenton, Maine. Yeah. Great lobster, though. <laughs> and most of them, well, of course, well, that's what they want to eat. Most of them, most of them, uh, most of them also have a lot of land and stuff down in South America, and and a lot of them are yeah. buying up land in Africa now. That should tell well, you something too. I know that in Ecuador, there uh, there was a half million acres bought by the Bush family on a mountaintop yeah, that they've turned into a compound. And guess why? Because it's the only country in the Western Hemisphere that doesn't have an extradition treaty. Hmm. It's also on top of a big aquifer. Right. I don't know if you knew that, but right. there's an aquifer on the property as well. So, of right. course. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. And, and I know Rockefeller has a lot of land in Chile. So, you know, anyway, back to the Bilderberg. They're, they're meeting what do you right think now, they're talking about? What do you think they're talking about? Two well, things I have talking. on my mind. Okay, go ahead. What are they talking about? And I want to hear what you think, and then I want to hear what you think they're talking about. Syria, big. Uh -huh. And who's going to be president? I think they're talking right. about who want who they want to be president. Really, those are two big, and of course the collapse of the euro. But what, what do yeah. you think? The euro is in inevitable, and it's, it's imminent. Uh, there's been enough stalling tactics that have already been deployed. There's only so many that they can deploy one after another until there's nothing left to deploy and it's just going right. to fall and we're at that point now. 
Um, we're next. And, but, yeah. As far as Obama being president again, I think he will be mm-hmm. because he served them so very well. I mean, the man spent... I'm And let me reiterate that on this program, myself personally, and this program as well, is not a political program. I do not take sides in politics. I go with what right. makes sense. And I and I go with what is real, and I don't right, go right. with any hype or any party line or any of that crap. I'm not anti-Obama. I'm not pro-Obama. I just look at what is, and I call it like it is. Um, but that being the case, he spent more money in one in one uh, term as president than the previous president spent in eight years. Hi, and he also had a bigger death toll. In the war. Yeah. Yeah, he killed more people. Bushed it. Unless Maybe so. you count the people in nine eleven, but I don't. I don't know if they add that into Bush's death coming up. Which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway, conversation. But, um, so those are what I think they're talking about. But one thing Bilderberg isn't doing this year, and they're not able to because of us, the alternative media, is fly under the radar like they used to. Because mainstream media yeah. will not touch these guys. Will not right. touch this conference, even though there's tons of protesting going down there right now. Even though right. there are cops, I mean, cops beating people up, people getting arrested for stupid things. They will not cover it. But we one of the latest, the alternative media the has latest, been occupying Bilderberg. One of the latest things that happened. Right. I don't know if you saw this or not, but they they told Glenn the Beck for crossing the street. No, they they told Glenn Beck to start attacking Alice Jones. Ah. So he's been doing that lately. He's been on the, uh, he's been roaring back to life, and he's been discredited as a whack job now anyway. But now he's attacking Alex Jones because Alex Jones is getting way too close to the core issue and making it way too visible, right. and they don't like it. They don't like it. Right. Well, I have my own thoughts about Alex Jones, but yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, keep tuned for that Bilderberg. Bilderberg, Bilderberg is meeting this week. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out of that. Because I think they meet for like 10 days, don't they? Don't they go for a whole week? They go for at least, yeah, it's at least a whole week, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a big one. This is a big one. They're deciding really the future of the world. But um, what do you think? you want to get to our guests? I do. I want to play that quick break, and then we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to, talk to Bill Single and Kristen Gaudet, Kristen with an I, <laughs> and uh, we're uh, going to talk about a number of things psychic-related. We're going to talk about the Michael system. And when I say Michael, I mean the Archangel Michael, the dude himself. Um, and we're going to talk about some of their track record and their history and you know why it is that they are who they are and what they do and and what their role is right now. What is it that they're supposed to be doing? They're going to fill us all in on that. Um, so in 60 seconds, uh, we're going to hear that interesting story and take calls, and uh, we'll be back in 60 seconds. Do you ever wake up and ask yourself what's really going on in the world you live in? It's time for you to be aware. It's the number one alternative website on the planet. Truthiscary.com Daily Stories. Log on daily to get the latest information on the stories that radio and TV wouldn't dare to cover. Experience our curriculum with over 20 topics from government conspiracies and extraterrestrials to meditation and nutrition, celebrity interviews, watch exclusive videos with your favorite celebrities, and find out what their alternative views are. It's your source for the information you won't find in the mainstream media. It's truthiscary.com. Log on today and be aware. Truthiscary.com. I didn't really catch it, but I think that the site was um, truthiscary.com. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We also so have the tonight's GIS podcast. I got the podcast, too, that you guys are so graciously running. Thank right. you very much on Fridays at 11. You can hear it right here on Forbidden America. But I want to hear about our guests. Well, let me give you a little quick rundown uh, introduction, and we'll get right to it. Uh, A renowned psychic, Bill Single has aided law enforcement and other agencies with his ability to receive impressions and locate the missing. 
The amount of energy Bill puts into a reading becomes apparent when you sit with him and see his process. He's truly gifted. Working with Bill is Kristen Gaudet, uh, offering methods for transforming your consciousness. An intuitive psychic, Kristen's able to channel an affinity for children's energies and connect with them on a spiritual level. So without further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome Bill and Kristen to the show. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good evening. Yes. Great. Great show. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're entirely welcome. We're glad you came because this is the kind of stuff we love. So tell me, you uh, let me start with Bill real quick. Um, you Was it early in life that you knew that you were psychic, or did you not have a name for it at first? You were kind of confused, or did you always kind of know what the deal was with you? Um, I suppose, being honest, I was confused. I... Um, was pretty much born with it as a child mm-hmm. and because I was born with it as a child it's kind of like every day to me you know it isn't like you know people other psychics will say oh I have to tune in or whatever I'm always there it's right. uh, become a way of life and I fought it all my life <laughs> right. you know when you're younger and especially in your 20s and 30s it's not part of our life plan is it so I kind of resisted I was reluctant and then later on in life I um, for the last 20 years have been practicing um, steadily as a you know as a business right right yeah and tell me something like uh, you know uh, a couple of highlights over the the 20 year period Uh, some of the stuff that kind of sticks out for you that was you know everybody let me tell you everybody that's not on our there, there's always that. significant moments in, in yeah. our life, and uh, there was one moment where I was still reluctant and resistant, and I was over in an Arabic country, um, and um, this imam who was in charge of the local mosque came over and invited me to prayer service, and, you know, of course I'm kind of... I want to get along with everybody, so I went. And later on, I found out that I had been the first non-Arab ever to be allowed in that in that mosque. And he kept looking at me and saying, "You're a holy man. You're a holy man." Well, of course, you know, I don't have an ego, you know, to hear that kind of thing. And I thought, "Oh, he's just being polite." And then, you know, years later, it dawned on me that he saw something in me that I hadn't seen in me yet. <laughs> right. So right. I um, came to grips with it revisited it from a really professional point of view. I was in a financial situation where I could study with someone every day. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to be able to do that. So um, I learned that intensity from my teachers, as Steve has witnessed. Yeah. Well, when I first met you and Kristen in the flash, uh, you were across the room, and one of my first comments to other people in the room was like, you see their eyes? Their eyes are like freaky, you know, and you have to be attuned to well, see I'm it. Well, didn't scare anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my. Job. The psychism is, you know, not. It's there are so many opinions out there about it. People have uh, prejudices. They have strange beliefs. They think it's, you know, oh, I don't want to hear, and I don't want to hear. Um, my particular brand of spirituality and Kristen's as well is that we converse with you know whoever and whatever it's kind of like would take another two hour show to go into that but um, and we get the positive things of someone so that they can be set on a positive path it isn't about you're going to get run over by a bus tomorrow it's more about finding the potential within you that you don't see, just like I didn't see the potential in me, but that particular holy man did. So we see that in someone, and we go, oh, um, here's your potential. Um, And in the words of someone famous, um, they said, you know, um, life is good if you weaken enough to enjoy it, if you can let go of your ego and go with your power, your strengths. Um, While you're in here, we'll use the G word, God-given abilities, everything's going to work out. It's just that we have blinders up. Most people are walking around in 
unconscious state. They don't see the forest Mostly of the trees. Ego. Huh? Mostly ego, a lot of ego running around. Right. And I, and I had to surrender my ego in order to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was the macho man. I was the civilian agent for the government. Yes, I am a small arms instructor trained by the military. Um, yet I was never in it. <laughs> uh, I've done all of those things, and I had to surrender an awful lot of beliefs and let it all go. And I have to say that it was hard, but it, it worked out really well. <laughs> right, right. I've had to experience some of that as well. You know, my background has all been paramilitary and, and law enforcement and, you know, gung-ho and and it is hard to let go of that. It is hard to evolve away from it and get into a different spiritual space and a different mindset. But when you do, you don't want to do it when you're starting over that way. You're like, ah, geez, a bunch of granola bullshit, you know. But now, and then you realize as you get further and further along in a slow evolution, it's like, I feel so much better. <laughs> you know? Right. More right. peaceful. Yeah, I, I was listening to, uh, you know, the zombie portion, and right. from a spiritual point of view, I would just like to uh, give a spiritual perspective on that, just sure. to create a little thought out there, maybe people will think. Um, it's documented, it's true, and it happens every day. There's a, a worldwide prayer group. You have a worldwide network, you're on the air, and there's a worldwide group that picks... Um, a name out of a hat, Steve McManus, and everyone at 11.53, um, Greenwich Mean Time is going to pray for Steve. And there's 50,000, there's 100,000 of them. And that energy that they create um, actually heals the person they picked out of the hat. <laughs> it actually helps. It's all solid, real. I'm not making it up. Um, and so we go back to the zombies, and being raised early in my life as a Christian scientist, we see, you know, like disease, we break the word down as dis-ease. And you look at society right now, and society isn't at ease at all, worldwide. And people are um, reaching down into levels of fear that they never experienced before. Where am I going to get my next meal? Am I going to have a home? This really dredges up a lot of really hard psychosis, neurosis, all kinds of crazy thinking. And if you think of the power of the people who can heal, if we get a million people who are thinking that it's the end of the world, then they're going to create an the energy. The world. They'll create right. that virus because the chemistry is there for it. They're, all of our chemistry is here. Everything we need to build anything is all around us. And if we want to direct it that way, then we'll create... Um, something that's so hard on humanity, a flesh-eating disease or something like that. And it's basically because worldwide we move away from um, the true nature of spirituality, which is to trust. You know, we don't trust. And we don't trust in ourselves and we don't trust in others. So we think others are going to run us over and, you know, the worst things get. This is the worst. There are people out there, we all know this, that, uh, you know, are lucky to getting a Rama noodle for two days. And, right. Um, and so it's, it's worse than it ever was. And so the psychosis and the fears are worse, and all this is just emanating out everywhere. <laughs> right. Right. So that's a, another perspective that people can take on the zombie thing. It's like you can... You can stop it, you know. One of the best defenses is to think positively. Right. Change consciousness. I was told, I was told right. something very similar to that uh, when I met uh, Janet Farrow, that one of the famous witches of the world. Uh, she said, the energy that you emanate, if you work on the right-hand side and you, you embrace uh, a healthy light, you don't always work in light. You have to work in darkness. But if you do embrace a healthy light, and you are a positive person. As you walk down the street, people will not even realize necessarily that they intrinsically understand that you are one of those power people, those good people that everyone gravitates towards. And you will notice as you walk along that people will brush against you, not not necessarily knowing that why they're doing it. 
or yeah, touch or they want to touch you. Or... They want to touch People you. People will run up to Kristen all day long, wherever we go, and want to touch her, want to tell her our troubles, and she's never met them before. And uh, also, you know, you mentioned that it was like either that or our eyes will scare someone. <laughs> they won't want to. They won't want to see that clarity. We've experienced that as well, where people can't look me in the eye. You know, it's like, what did my energy do? Did it dredge up some guilt, or, or, or what? What's going on with you there, partner? I'm, right. I'm not out to get you. I'm just wheeling my cart down the aisle in Hannaford. You know. <laughs> right. Eighty percent of communication is nonverbal. Right, and for those of you folks around the world, Hannaford is a is a food store. He was just talking about shopping for food, encountering people as he does so. That's all. That's what he meant. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did when that? Do you ever have like when you're in public, like you say at the at the grocery store, things like that? Do you ever like get something on somebody that you interact with, or that you just do you get? I don't know what you call it. Is it like a a reading? Or oh, right. Uh, yes. That, uh, like I say, it's it's turned on all the time. It's like, here it is. And right. basically, a discipline, you know, like if there were such a thing as psychic boot camp, um, I don't know that there is one anywhere. I have had a lot of students, and I impress upon them that it's merely information. They're right. not supposed to run over and tell somebody, hey, you're going to get run over by a bus. It's just information. Right. You know, it's just for you. You know, you just move along and you get information all the time, all the time, all the time. Right. And after a while, you learn, you know, like what's appropriate and what isn't. Yeah, you filter. Interference is, you know, never a good thing. If you're, if if I stand in there and I get a whole bunch of stuff on someone, spirit will prompt me to say something. I don't feel the prompt. I don't say anything. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to ask you next. How do you know when to say it, when to wait? And so you get. You, Spirit basically will tell you. Right. You need to help this person. Or, um, you know, this is just for your information so that you can learn from it. <laughs> I know that when he was meeting me that there were uh, spirits in the background going, This Steve guy's full of shit! <laughs> run! They were saying, run, run! No. Yeah, run now! <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, so Kristen's uh, been kind of quiet in the background. We need to get, yeah, we need to get, we need to get Kristen on. Okay. <laughs> there, there you are. I'm enjoying listening to three males talk about spirituality and uh, uh, the, build, the build the burgers and all the global corruption and. Which is, it, let's face it, exists. But you know, I mentioned in your uh, your. Uh, intro there about how you work with kids and your background is with uh, is social right you, you you've been social in work, uh, yeah yeah and so you you work with troubling situations and people in horrible situations children in particular how has that helped mold you for basically being this person full time where you know you're a psychic pretty much all the time now that's just your gig uh, how does that help you get to where you are well, my journey certainly has been somewhat, you know, a unique one, I'd say, in, in the sense that I remember three or four years old looking out my window and seeing a unicorn, you know, in my backyard, and like, oh, isn't that interesting? Right. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town in Maine, and, you know, I did grow up with a, you know, the bubble family, and everything's perfect, and but, you know, there was a, a lower socioeconomic status, and it was a mill town, and... You know, you see a lot of, um, you know, family struggling, and and I thought to myself, and being a Claire empathetic, it's you know, being a child and feeling adult emotions was very hard for me. I took on a lot of other people's suffering in my community in town, and I tried at a young age to, you know, stop bullies and stop conflicts, and I found myself in the profession of going into social work because I didn't want to see other children, you know, suffering. And I guess I had the quote-unquote, I'm going to go out and conquer the world or try to heal the world. And I realized quite quickly, you know, at the age of 25 that <laughs> there's a lot more to a lot more to happen. You know, my experiences have been vast in social work. I've done child abuse and neglect case work. I've 
um, worked at the county jail with inmates trying to divert mental illness, which is a whole other subject. Um, mm. But I think for me, really, my work has been bringing people to their core of who they are in their heart and living out their own, you know, purpose and their soul journey and getting rid of this programming that doesn't, you know, this disease, what we talked about, or this this thinking, this, um, you know, either living their parents' generational past or, or what have you, but, you know, just to become the true essence of who you are. Um, and in my journeys, I've had you know, some very unique UFO and ET experiences that have profoundly changed my life. And, you know, um, it's challenging because I grew up Catholic and I grew up in a very dogmatic culture that, you know, you're only crazy if that happens to you. And you know what? It happened like I remember yesterday. So I think it's brought me to this point where, you know, the world isn't the way that we've been taught, the way we've perceived I'm very fond of Rudolf Steiner, and um, I, I guess by nature I've minored in theology, so I'm very passionate about um, humanity and compassion and love and truth. And um, that's what brings me at 31 today to use my healing and my gifts to help humanity because we're at a whole different evolution in time and space, yeah. and our consciousness is evolving. Yeah, absolutely. So we see another example now. You're on this program, and we opened the show, as you, you know, redundantly saying it, with some weird, dark, scary stuff. And here's an opportunity for you folks to step in, as you generally basically always do when you do step in or are called to. Uh, there is dark, scary stuff for someone. And you help show them, you know, you know, there's a bigger perspective, and this is today, but there's tomorrow, and if you keep moving well, forward... Yeah, and the other thing you know, is there's a lot of, you know, people, a lot of people who channel and, and do this work work a lot from the astral realm, and there's still a lot of bullshit floating around yeah. in the astral realm. You know, energies right. that hang around that just don't need to be here. We do a lot of clearing. So, you know, and it, tell it does us, help people. Jump in, you guys, and tell us what is the Michael system, and why do you bring it to people? Why do you offer this as like a course mm -hmm. for folks? And what is the aim of it, and what's the inspiration behind it? What the Michael system? Tell us about that. Well, I started with the Michael system about 15 years ago. I was sitting here channeling, and he, you know, they're they very, very clear with me. And it's like, okay, we'd like you to look at this. And I did, and I researched it for years, and found out it's actually the oldest thing ever presented to man. It's the original Tao. Um, what? our composition as a soul is and that we're here in a physical form so mm -hmm. and every time we come in and you know reincarnation happens whether you believe it or not it's going to happen just the same and it's not a failure thing it's a progression it's just if you want to be a surgeon you're going to go to pre-med you're going to go to med school you're going to you're going to follow you're going to go along we all have successive lifetimes and um we have Let's call it a job in our soul group. We call that a role. And once people know, like, who I am, and it's not that one role, there's seven different roles, it's not that one is better than another. It's mm. how we use them with each other. So you think of it as, like, a core group, and then each time we come in, we'll pick a different goal. Mm. And it's not like you're stuck. Um, oh, you have to be a fireman. It's not that kind of a goal. It's It's a... You know, a goal like discrimination where you're challenged during a lifetime to make choices. Mm. You know, and you, uh, I'll give you this example because the, the, um, your listeners will relate to this. Someone who sits in a, everyone goes to the diner and they're, you know, they can't make up their mind over chicken or fish. Shall I come back? You want more time? Everyone else has already figured out what they want. They probably have a goal of discrimination. They're trying to make a choice. <laughs> and so right. that, that's kind of like a lifetime goal. You're going to be confronted with choices, you know, and, and any choice is okay um, as long as it comes to a positive result. We right. There are three things in life that we tell everyone that is thoughts, feelings, and actions. That's it. There's nothing else. <laughs> we think, right. we feel, right. we act. The ballpoint pen you have in your hand is a combination of those three. And um, 
So when people know, okay, this is what you chose this time around, how to think, they go, oh, yeah, I think like that. Um, someone like that, I think the both of you are pragmatics, so you're, you're practical. Um, and there's a way in which we go to our goals. Some, um, Joe, you're, you're in the passion mode, so you have um, self-actualization. That would be a positive. So if you came to me and you were identifying with yourself, you know, I'd say, well, there's your negative stumbling block. You need to self-actualize. You're in the passion mode. You know, don't sit there and say, if I hadn't turned on the game, the home team would have would have won. <laughs> that right. would be self-identification. So, I mean, all of these things, when we go over these, uh, it's quite extensive. When we sit here with people, they relate to it. It's It's... The way that Michael presented it to me was like, you, uh, I, I'm pragmatic too, so I needed something practical, something that people could say, yes, I see that in daily life. And the Michael system um, is something that when you sit with us, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, <laughs> I see it clear as a bell. Right. And um, How did it Kristen's, now been, Kristen's now been using this with... Um, with um, you know, uh, adolescents, and they see right. it clear as a bell. She can tell you all about yeah. that. It's like they see it better than the adults do. <laughs> but how and they sit there you? and they tell you, you know, my mom is this and my dad is that, and it's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, when you first got presented with this, you were first contacted, you know, and by by this, folks, I mean when he's referring to being contacted uh, in a higher sense that he was contacted um, by Michael. When he's talking right, about Archangel right. and, Michael. You know, just in everyday channeling. I mean, uh, I get right. some amazing, crazy things sometimes. And, you know, um, I always pay attention to those, you know, maybe bending over, weeding my garden, and suddenly they'll be like, oh, you know, planes are going to hit the World Trade Center. I'm like, I'm weeding my garden, you know, what are you telling me this for? <laughs> right. If I bend over and weed my garden, I usually get hit in the ass with a golf ball. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so you're basically talking about it defines for you the way in which you reincarnate and that before you come into another physical incarnation and get a new body, that you're picking a role that you're going to play in this lifetime and then you're picking a no, role... No, 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 you always have your role through time. That's who you okay. are in the universe. Okay. And then, you gotcha. know, you move along. But each time you come in, you're going to pick a different combination as well as a gender. You know, we're going to be 50% male, 50% female. So I tell all the guys, fight for women's rights now. <laughs> well, right. you can, because when you come back as a woman, you're not going to like it. <laughs> right. Hey, right, right. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's someone in the chat room listening right now that... It doesn't, uh, it doesn't does mean, you know, like, to clarify that, it isn't like, you know, like male, female, male, female. It, it goes along with, oh, let's see, I want to do three lifetimes and uh, learn how to do something as a woman or three lifetimes in a row as a man and then maybe one you know, it's 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 variable but it's gonna end up about fifty percent. Yeah, I get you. So yeah, we need to we need to close the gender gap in understanding each other because we really you know, there's really no difference. It's just some flesh. That's it. <laughs> right. right. Gotcha. So um and you were saying that Kristen had been working with adolescents about the same material, but that they yeah. really take right to it. Yeah, Kristen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've you know, it, a lot of times you have um, you know adults because they're so pre-programmed to, you know, they followed this this teaching and this you know um, guru if you want to call it or what have you, and and for them to wrap their mind around this system. Um, you know, they they get confused and they get stuck. And I find, you know, the adolescents are willing to to take a look at, um, you know, their life from a different perspective. And it's really carrying the energy and, and resonating with them and just helping them to see a different way to perceive their family life for themselves. Um, you know, and, and it's around issues that a lot of adults don't want to handle. And... It's allowing them to leave with a you know a, a clearer 
I guess, foundation or a different problem-solving skill. I think that kids are really limited in problem-solving skills because we don't have the time. We're not teaching them. You know, we're just yeah. braiding them through this and that. And, you know, and then we have all these issues with bullying in school. And it's um, so this is really just another method for them well, to understand say, who they are. Wouldn't this be beneficial to have it in a, a school system where they could be available for kids to take as like an elective where they could take this course and really... Oh, I think it'd be really wonderful. Could. Yeah, even in college, you know, it's something right. that... It, 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 it's like not it's non-discriminatory system. It just, it is what it is. There's no emotion attached to it. There's no outcome attached to it. It's just this is who you are. And right. if you can utilize this and enhance your positives and your strengths, Right. Then you can only become a better person and help, you know, others around you by seeing them for who they are, as opposed to getting in conflict. Why do I? Why am I in conflict with this person? Well, your attitude is this, right. and their attitude is that, and right. you're not. You're banging your head against a brick wall. Let's look at it this way. So this you is know, aiding so. in your ability for compassion and empathy. In other words, like what uh, Bill Single was just saying, uh, that. Uh, if you're a guy and you've got this sort of attitude about women and you may not even realize that it's an attitude because it's just the way you, it's just who you are, either because you were taught to be that way or for whatever reason you're a misogynist and you look at women as you know objects, whatever it is, or you hate women for whatever reason. And then if you are able to work through a system that allows you to see more compassion and empathy, now you understand that women's strength is entirely from a different approach but strong nonetheless and that and you understand that they have burdens that you don't even have to deal with and that maybe you should understand. You know what I mean? Am I getting on the right track there? Yeah, absolutely. It really um, it simplifies all the convoluted, you know, bullshit or dogma that, that we run around in every day. And, it, you know, right. it's people call it enlightenment, like, oh, I'm enlightened. Well, you learn something new every day. That's really enlightened, you know. So this just helps somebody to pro- progress forward in their own self journey, their own healing. It's a right. tool. You know, it's you have a toolbox and you want to fill it up and you want to have alternate options, then this right. is just one of the ways that we try to help people. Right. As well right. as you know, we do. Go ahead. Is this something um, that you 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 have to do in person? Or is no. it something that somebody could do over the phone or online or is it something that you actually can purchase? Is it an actual system? There, there are publications oh. out there. Right. Like Michael's System. There's a lot of books. When I first started, there was only a paperback novel with all the same information. And then somebody, I, I believe his name is Jose Stevens, he pulled it all out, put it in a format. And um, people can buy it. I have no um, connection with him. So right. it's, um, you know, I'm not out selling his product. <laughs> Um, no, no, I don't want because it really isn't his. It's the universe's anyway. Right. Uh, but but um, people can go and, and purchase that material, and then um, uh, I've been I've read it over and over again for, like I say, a long time, <laughs> and um, right. I didn't employ it in any of my readings for for years. I just someone would come, you know, and have an hour session, and right. then after they leave, I'd go to this and, and be like, oh, I had it right, you know, whatever, blah, blah. And, and then finally, I, you know, like, okay, I'll try it. And I tried it. It was like, uh, she mentioned the word enlightening. It was enlightening for me because it was so accurate. Right. It was, and it, but, but more than being accurate, you know, any psychic can give somebody an accurate piece of information. And then they're going to look at you and say, well, what do I do now? Right. What do I do with that information? And here, this is a, uh, you know, you can put it up on your refrigerator, and you go, "Oh, that's why I'm crabby today because." <laughs> right. Or, "Oh, exactly. that's why you know I'm um, not having a good day because I'm in the negative side of my attitude, my chief negative feature, my mode, my goal." You can see it clear as a bell every time you go and get that midnight snack. <laughs> you know why? Well, I, I used to years ago. I used to have a psychotherapist. Imagine. And um, uh, he was trained by an old man who was a uh, noted psychotherapist, psychiatrist, 
who had been a student of uh, Carl Gustav Jung. So he used to train him by giving him, every psychotherapist is trained by getting psychotherapy as part of their training. And he was frustrated at the time, and he told me about it because one of the things I said to him during a year of treatment was uh, that I elected to have because I felt it would be a good idea. Uh, I think he's finally out of uh, therapy from having to deal with me. But anyway, um, uh, he said, oh, yeah, you're frustrated. You want longer sessions. And I'm like, yeah. He says, well, you can't have them. Well, how about more than one a week? No, 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 one a week. You get an hour a week. And I'm like, well, why? And then he told me the story about how when he was going through his his uh, required therapy, that the old German man that was training him said, ah, you want longer sessions? Ah, no, no, no. We'll just get started, and you can roll this around in your gut for a week and come back and tell me how you feel. So it's kind of what, sort of what you were sort of just saying, which is you'll tell them something, and they'll take that information, they'll chew on it a while, and then all of a sudden it sets off the light bulbs. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's You know, I've had people call me back six months later and say, I had no idea what you were talking about. But I put the thing up on my refrigerator with a magnet, and it hit me <laughs> like a ton of bricks. <laughs> they rolled it around their gut for a while, so it made sense. Right, and yeah. we do do it on the on on the phone. We do it online. Um, in person is always good. Um, and if someone's not familiar with it, if someone's not familiar with it, I'll you know like guide them, walk them through, you know, yeah. and have them write, you know, bring a pencil and paper and. You know, I'll tell you what to write down and what you should look for. So we handle it in all different ways. It's not um, that you have to see us in person. Yeah, I got a question. Tech, I've been doing readings for someone for I don't know, 17 years, and I've never met them. <laughs> um, a lot of people Joe find out about you guys. There you go. Did you hear us? No. Oh, you, you don't want to find out about you. There we go. Do you have a website? Yeah, we just started. um, We're still building our website. It's www.trinity-connections.com. You can also find myself on Facebook, and there's also a link to um, Trinity Connections there as well, which describes the Michael system, as well as phone and email are provided on the Facebook page as well. And I hope... What I'll um, do is I'll... I I'll have an email address. Yeah, we can give you that okay. information. So, you know, if there's anybody out there who's interested, um, you know, we're here for them. You want to put? You want to give them your email, or you want to hold off on that? Oh, it's psychicbill at psouth dot net. P S O U. Like Paul. P yeah. like Paul. Right. P like South. Paul, and then. Pself.net. Okay. And psychic bill is one word. Is this a burden for you, or is it a cur- is it a curse or a blessing? Um. <laughs> for me, you know, I'm uh, like I say, it's been my whole life, and you know me, Steve. You know I'm way older than you, and so after a while, you you mellow out, and it's it, it was a burden for. A given period, and then suddenly it's you know it's really a joy. I mean, it's a great way of life. I mean, they're not. It's not like you know people think the other side is um, is pushy, and and they're really not. They have better sense of humor than we do. (laughs) They're very gentle and effective. You know, it's like um, I have no problems with it at all anymore. That pretty music means it's one minute till we die. So, uh, Psychic Bill at PeaceOut.net, and you have a website, Trinity-Connections.com, and that's being developed, and they'll see certain developments yes, yes. in the next, next few weeks. And then um, you're going to be appearing at various places, and we can find out from those locations. I'll be posting stuff on my website as well. Uh, with 30 seconds left, Joe, uh, what do you want to remind people of? TruthIsScary.com and the TIS podcast. And uh, you, Steve? Yeah, check out that podcast, folks. TruthIsScary.com. Listen to it. And, of course, this is ForbiddenAmerica.com. 
and uh, we will see you. We got ten seconds left. Thank you very much, Phil, Kristen, and we'll probably have thank you on you. again if you would like it. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, will, uh, thank you very, very much. Thank you so we'll much. Talk to you later. Good night, All right, everybody. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Bye.